Mistaken Identity is headed to the Dominican Republic on the new carnival celebration in January of 2023, thanks to MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're looking to book a cruise, visit Walt Disney World, or spend some time on a private resort in a remote location around the world, MEI Travel is for you. Frank and Jordan are scheduled to set sail on January 3rd for seven nights on Carnival's newest ship, set to debut this November. And if that sounds like the type of thing you're interested in, MEI Travel has plenty of accommodations to fit all your travel desires. Contact Brock Taylor for all of your travel needs and to determine the best deals for you at mistakenidentitymedia at gmail.com. To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. All right, so welcome to another episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, where we talk to uh, people who work for the Cubs, but not about business. We talk about what's going on in their personal life, and uh, I am excited to get to uh, talk to somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, after I've seen all the cars and uh, all the hard work you do. I don't do any manual labor, but this guy does some manual labor that makes me look uh, like I lost my man car sometimes, but... Uh, that is Nick. Nick, how's it going today? Oh, great. How are you today, Frank? Good, good. I'm, I'm excited to get to the cars, which we'll get to towards the end. Uh, I, I would love, love to hear this um, story about the cars. And I was talking about, you know, the work you do on decks makes me look like I'm not doing anything at all because I refuse to do manual labor. But you love it. I do. I absolutely love it. It's my stress relief. Uh, it lets me get my... Uh, my artistic uh, release out, you know, creating things. Um, I just enjoy it. You know, if I, at this point in my life, if I don't enjoy doing something, I don't do it. Right. That's good, good point. Good point. Um, so let's go way back. Tell me about one, are you a Cubs fan? And then tell me how you became a Cubs fan. 
a huge Cub fan. Uh, so back in 1965, I was six years old and um, an uncle brought me to my first game. And we had seats down uh, with box seats. And I, I remember vividly that uh, one of the ushers had found out it was my first game there and got me a ball. And it, it cemented it, you know, uh, fell in love with the team, fell in love with the ballpark. Uh, and now as working for the Cubs, I try and mirror that every time I can, if there's a first timer uh, or any little kids, if I can get them a ball and try and, and give them that same experience I do. Uh, in 69, the Cubs broke my heart for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. The first time. <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. I was 10 years old, and I was sure we were winning it all. Right. You know, fell in love with, with Santo and Ernie and Billy and Randy Huntley. You know, I, I was a catcher in Little League because of Randy Huntley. I wore number nine, and I, I caught all through Riddle, uh, Little League okay. because I just loved him as a player and just loved the whole team. Okay. All right. Uh, so you, I saw Randy Hunley, I think at Fergie's, um, at Fergie's statue unveiling yeah. and, uh, he still gets around and he has this huge world series ring on his finger that stands out because, you know, his hands are smaller now, but uh, did, you, did you get to see him that day at Fergie's? Oh, uh, yeah. Eps, uh, actually I was able to escort him, uh, okay. when he left the suite and he was parked in the player lot and you know, he was left, on his own. So uh, I escorted him out. Uh, we stopped at the Cub store on the way, uh, right just outside Gallagher Way. He he wanted to get a cap for his grandson. So okay. we went, did a little shopping and uh, he attempted to pay for it. And I was like, Randy, there's absolutely no way I'm going to allow you to pay for a cap. So I bought his cap for him and uh, escorted him over to his car. But I was able to have a nice long conversation with him and, and it was really cool. Yeah, it, it just it, some of the the experiences you have working for there are just, they're just, they make the job worth doing every day. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Now, speaking of the World Series, though, do you remember what you were doing and where you were at when the Cubs won the World Series? Oh, of course. I'll never forget it. I was sitting first row of the first balcony in Cleveland. Uh, even with third base, I uh, I drove out there with my daughter and a friend. Uh, she was living in Texas at the time, wow. and uh, I flew her home, picked her up at the airport at 6 a.m., and we drove out to Cleveland, and we were there in person watching the game. Now, so to me, because I didn't get to go, obviously, I was at home uh, nervous and, and on the floor. But uh, so what was that experience like compared to Wrigley? like, you know, bag check or uh, ticket scanning and then see what was that experience like compared to working at Wrigley? I'm just curious as a fan. Uh, it was pretty similar. Um, you know, staff was really friendly and uh, bag check was was easy. Uh, what I did like was uh, they had digital tickets, but when you came through, they had printers there and they would print you a hard copy right at the gate. So since I wanted a ticket for game seven as a souvenir, I was able to get one, which was really cool. Interesting. Okay. All right. Now, when I go to games, actually when I go to concerts or anything else, for some reason I'm sitting in the audience and I'm looking at the security. I want to see where they are, what they're doing. I just, that's just how I am. I don't know why that is. So I'm curious when you were at the game, although it's game seven and you focused on that, 
Was there some part of you that was looking like, okay, how do they do their security? Was there some part of you that was doing that or no? Uh, so I normally do that, but game seven, I was just so nervous. And of course I went through every emotion possible during that game Okay, uh, that I was just so wrapped up in the game and the experience that you know, I, I didn't pay attention to staff. So what did you do during the rain delay? Um, so we went, uh, up into the concourse, the upper concourse and, um, basically prayed (laughs) 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 but the friend that I went with is a a news or a a weatherman for one of the uh, major uh, radio or tv stations in Chicago so uh, I was with him and he was on his phone and for for the first time uh, a weatherman was actually right about about the yeah. weather with rain delay but we were on the phone watching the rain and and he called when the delay would be over and okay kept our kept our minds off of what was actually happening now so when Raja when Davis hit that home run God. what was really going through your mind I'm just curious because you were there I know at home I was like turn channel but what was going through your mind when the home run <laughs> What was it going through? It was a punch in the gut. And the first thing I turned to my daughter and I said, oh, my God, they're going to do it to me again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. well, I, I thought at that point that we weren't coming back. Yeah. yeah. As I said, every emotion possible, I went from ecstatic to just right. hopeless. Now, did you sit down at any point in the game at all? After the rain today, obviously. Were you sitting down at all or were you just no. standing the whole time? Did anybody standing the whole time. Okay. No, nobody was bidding. <laughs> now, even though we were on the road, would you say it was 50-50 crowd fan-wise? Or would you say, even though we were on oh, the road? Yeah, it was definitely 50% Cub fans. I have a video that I took um, after the game had ended when all the Cub fans came down to the lower box seats. And we basically uh, filled up the whole lower ball. Okay, all right. Now, you don't have to admit this or not, because I will, but was there any crying when they won? Oh, I cried like a baby. <laughs> yes. I tried to hold it in, but I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, there, yeah, there was no way. <laughs> I waited too long. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, when you got back to the, now did you come back to Chicago? Did you go to the hotel after that? Uh, so we went to a hotel. The after the game had ended and all the festivities ended uh, a huge storm came through cleveland oh wow! so uh, we were attempting to get back to the hotel and the sky opened up so we ended up uh, at that point it was like 2 a.m we found a casino so we we ducked into the casino had a a couple drinks did a little bit of gambling and then got back to the hotel Uh, my daughter had an early flight back to texas out of cleveland so i think we got up at like 6 or 7 a.m and I dropped her off at the airport and then we drove back to Chicago. So you didn't, so you didn't really see the madness that was in on Addison Street that day. You didn't really see it till later on, right? Till like no. later. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see it until I saw the news when I got home that night. It was insane, insane. <laughs> um, now, and, and me and you were not supervisors, I don't believe, when they won the World Series, right? So we didn't get yep. to get on the trolley, which which is what I'm waiting for next. But <laughs> get on the trolley and get the big ring of. But that's why I'm still here. I'm waiting for that time. Um, to get on the trolley. Uh, now, before you came to the Cubs, what was your career like? What were you doing before the Cubs? So uh, I owned, uh, I had three different companies. Uh, 
uh, I owned a, a commercial roofing and architectural sheet metal company, which was my primary business, and then uh, had a trucking company and a property management company. So uh, when when I was looking to get out of contracting, I had found somebody that wanted to buy my roofing company. So uh, I I had always told my wife and kids when when I retire, I'm going to be the old man that shows you your seat at Wrigley. Right. So I applied for guest service position. Went through you know the, the, at that point there was three casting calls. Yeah. And then uh, they said, well, Nick, uh, we'd like to hire you, uh, but we have no guest service positions available. Would you consider security? And I was like, look at me. If you think I could do security, absolutely. If I get to work for the Cubs, I'm in. All right. But, uh, so the, I sold the roofing company. I actually didn't sell it when I first came to work for the Cubs. That sale fell through. Uh, so I was still running the company and working for the Cubs for my first two seasons. But then finally uh, sold that company. The, uh, the trucking company was a fatality of COVID. We, we had to shut that down. And I still run the property management company. But the, the, the roofing company, we did, um, uh, we specialized in architectural sheet metal, which is like cornice work and standing seam roofs, metal roofs, like you see on pizza huts, the, the red metal roofs. And we would do, you know, shopping centers, office complexes, schools, things like that. We actually put roofs on uh, eight of the rooftops across from Wrigley and uh, put a roof on the scoreboard. Okay. All right. Uh, now I don't. I thought maybe it was you. Did you tell me something about the the roof of the aquariums or the tent? Was that you that they were describing how the roof was built? I mean, it somebody else. Uh, I thought it was you that was, that was telling us about how the how the roof was built on top of some building, either the shed aquarium or the museum. Oh um, yeah, uh, down at, when we were at Soldier Field. Yeah, yes. uh, the, they were doing the, the copper roofing on there. Yes. yes. Okay. All okay. The, all right. Yeah, I remember that you describing that to me. Okay. Now it makes now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. We. And then we also, uh, when they did the renovation on Buckingham Fountain, uh, that all the bowls are lined with lead and they're all sheets of lead that are hammered in place and soldered to make it watertight. So that was a project we worked on too. And I'm, I completely forgot about this until we just said it right now, but you did go to work at Soldier Phil uh, this past season for the first time. Uh, yes. What was that like for you? That's not Cubs related. What was that like for you? Um, it was a different experience. Uh, simply because of having to deal with, you know, COVID and the mask issues, working inside the club. And yeah. and um, Bears fans, after they have been tailgating for four hours before a game, aren't quite as cooperative as Cub fans are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you a Bears fan, though? I am. All right. Am. So now, would you say it's 50-50 love for the Cubs, Bears, or is there one more than the other? I'm just curious. Oh, oh. Cubs way more, <laughs> way more. Okay, I bleed uh, cup blue. That's as simple as that. So, what are your, what are your thoughts about Soldier Field? So, I, 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 you know, I am not a not a not a fan. I am a huge fan of the concourse that they have. It's open. There's more space. Obviously, you can do it with rain delays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like how you can't walk around. You gotta like you can't walk around the whole thing. It stops at a certain point. And there's a debate about a new stadium, dome, Super Bowl. So the person that just worked there recently and um, who has been a fan for a while, what are your thoughts on Soldier Phil in general? Well, I'm not a fan at all. I think when that uh, alien spaceship landed on the original Soldier Field, uh, 
<laughs> they destroyed it. Right. Uh, it. It's not a good venue for football. Right. It wasn't designed for it. Um, I really hope they build in Arlington Heights and go with the Dome Stadium. Yeah. Uh, well, I do too. I, I, and this, I don't want the Cubs to ever get rid of Wrigley, but it would be cool to work in a brand new stadium, in my opinion. It would just be cool for me to work in a brand new stadium. I've, you know, I've never had the chance to because I'm not working that guaranteed rate ever, but um, I would like to work in a new stadium. That would be cool to me. <laughs> well, hopefully we could do it uh, in Arlington Heights in the Bears' yeah, stadium. <laughs> Um, now, how did, how did you get into the whole, the deck and the backyard work? How did that come about? That kind of so, yeah. Um, uh, back in, uh, oh God, 80, 88, 89, uh, when we moved out of the city and moved out, um, to the suburbs, bought our first house, uh, in the suburbs in Algonquin and it was a new development. And there were 250, 300 houses and everybody was putting up decks. So I had a full-time job, but I figured I'll start building decks too. I'm my off time, my days off. And when I get home from work, so I I started a company then building decks and fences and storage sheds and and did that for a few years. And then um, uh, after I retired, I started getting bored and it's like, no, I still have the tools, so I just went back and started building decks again. Now, obviously, we all love how Cliff 100 looks, but do you have any plans for a man cave type of Cubs shrine or room dedication at, at any point? No. No? No. Um, the only thing I collect are cars. You know, I, oh. I, have, <laughs> I, have a, I have a few cool things. I have a... Um, in Ernie Banks and Santo uh, signed Jersey from 69. Uh, and then uh, I have a real cool picture of opening day of 69 with all the Cubs lined up on the third base line. And I have every player has autographed it. Okay. So, all right. But that's about all I have as far as Cubs memorabilia. Okay. And before we get the cars, I want to talk about, uh, because, um, I can tell from your page how much you love the grandkids. I can just sit in your face, sit in the pictures. So let's talk about the family real quick. Uh, kids, grandkids, let's introduce them to our staff here. Okay. So I have a 35-year-old son. His name is Brian, uh, B-R-I-O-N. Uh, he lives out in Oakland, in the Rockridge area of Oakland, just south of Berkeley. Uh He's a grad of Washington University in St. Louis, and um, he's currently working for Facebook uh, oh. on, on the Instagram uh, platform. He's senior manager of data science, okay. and he's the one that is married and uh, has the two kids. So I have Alma, which uh, is my granddaughter, and she'll be three in a couple weeks. Okay. And then Enzo is nine months, my grandson. Okay. All right. They either all have their Cubs stuff, they're all have their Cubs hats, their grandkids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said them way too much. I get yelled at. <laughs> um, and then one more thing I forgot before we get to the cars, and I probably going to get to the cars, you all, but uh, travel. So everybody says I travel a lot. I want a cruiser, but you put me to shame when it comes to traveling. Uh, so just tell me some of the places you've been recently and, uh, you know, what is your love for travel? Where that came from? Uh, well, when I was younger, uh, 
right out of high school, I worked for Continental Airlines and uh, worked from them from 1978 until 90. So I had flight benefits and okay. that allowed me to just to fly everywhere. You know, I would work with a bunch of guys. We'd work uh, a shift, midnight shift. We'd get off at 8 a.m. It's like, well, what do you guys want to do today? And it's like, well, let's go to L.A. for lunch. So we would hop on a DC-10, fly out to L.A. and do lunch. So um, uh, I did quite a bit of travel and you know, I, I just love to see as much of the world as I can. Uh, so just recently we got back, uh, we did nine days in Hawaii. We went to the big island of Hawaii this time, but I've been to Hawaii eight times. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, um, I have an uncle who's also my godfather lives on Oahu. So okay. I try and get out there and see him as much as possible. Okay. But, um, Aside from Hawaii, we were in California uh, three times over the winter to see the grandkids. Right. And then uh, I did a month in Mesa, worked spring training. How was that? Oh, fantastic. Okay. It, it's, right. it's much more laid back than, than working right. at Ripley. Uh, I was in the dugout and on field with the team. So, right. um, you know, I, I get to interact with the players so much more. Okay. And uh, and all the fans are, are great down there, too. Just just as good as they are at Wrigley. Hey, guys, Joe Flaherty again, and I'm excited to tell you about one of our newest partners, Athletic Greens. Having been involved in the health and fitness space for over a decade, I've heard a lot of great things about their AG1 formula, from the taste to the quality of the ingredients and the comprehensive nature of the product itself. So after they reached out to partner with us, I did a little bit more digging and I was blown away by what I found. So you might be asking, what exactly is this stuff anyways? Well, AG1 is a blend of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to support nearly every system in the body. One serving a day benefits your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy levels, recovery ability, Pretty much any process your body goes through, AG1 can lend a helping hand. Now I have this stuff in my shopping cart as we speak and I'm most looking forward to a few things. First, I've been taking dozens of different supplements for years now and sometimes 10 different powders and pills from 10 different bottles can get a bit overwhelming. But AG1 offers simplicity. You can easily swap a single scoop of AG1 for a whole shelf of single ingredient products and be no worse for wear. And by the way, you stand to save a whole lot of money switching from a boatload of products to just one. Trust me, because I've been down that path before. Secondly, AG1 is a portable product you can take with you on the go. I'm a huge believer in the benefits of creating good health habits, and the fact that you can take AG1 with you anywhere is an easy way to ensure you're getting the nutritional support you need each day, no matter where you're waking up. And I don't know about you guys, but I always tend to get pretty beat up by traveling, and unfortunately, I often find myself spending most of my vacations nursing a cold. Well, AG1's formula can offer the immune support you need to kick that cold to the curb or even avoid it in the first place and let you really enjoy yourself no matter how long you've been in an airport or an Uber. And the kicker is, all the ingredients in AG1 are highly bioavailable, meaning your body can actually absorb the nutrition you're giving it. And I can't tell you how many times I've run into this issue of poor absorption and how bad you feel realizing that the only thing that expensive supplement you bought did was burn a hole in your wallet. With AG1, you have a nutritional insurance policy based on the latest scientific research, which is big for me. 
all for less than $3 a day. And if you don't believe me, AG1 has over 7,000 five-star reviews on their site to help point you in the right direction. So it's time to reclaim your health with just one scoop of AG1 a day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, Wrigley fam, Kat Garcia here. You may remember me from my days working with y'all at the ballpark before I became a full-time baseball writer. Well, I'm here to tell you that now I'm back and I've started a new podcast too. It's called Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia. Since I left to pursue my career in sports journalism, I've met so many incredible journalists and media members, even some outside of the scope of sports. And all of these folks are people whose work you already read or may be familiar with. And one of my favorite things about working in this industry has been hearing all of the great advice, lessons learned, and the sometimes downright hilarious stories that have been swapped over drinks with all sorts of incredible journalists and people. And oftentimes I wish that our audiences were around for these truly authentic, fun, and sometimes candidly booze-infused conversations. So I decided I'm bringing them to you in podcast form. Join me for Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia, where I sit down with some of your favorite people in sports and journalism, like Lawrence Holmes, Scott Merkin, Maddie Lee, and Brett Taylor, just to name a few, to show you what life in sports and journalism is really like. So pour yourself a tall one or grab a hot coffee and join us. Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia is available now on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow the show on Twitter for updates, info on past episodes, and more at at grabadrink underscore pod. Cheers and happy listening. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Reboots, reunions, reruns. No matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact, and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stayed the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. Okay, all right. So I want to give enough time to these cars. So tell tell us about first uh, how you got into this, this car hobby of yours and... How do you decide uh, what to do, what to buy, what to sell? And then show us around if you can. Sure. So in high school, these were the cars I drove. 
Okay. You know, my, my first car was a beater GTO. Okay. A beater 68 GTO that I paid $50 for. And, uh, oh, wow. right. it had the, the ignition is in the dash and that was missing. So you would use a screwdriver to start it. <laughs> right. And then I had a, a Chevelle super sports. And then uh, my first new car I bought was a 79 Camaro. So, you know, it, it, it's a bit of nostalgia. You know, driving these cars takes me back to high school time. Okay. Uh, so when my kids were in high school uh, and I had a little more disposable income, then I started buying cars again. Uh, I did an addition on the house, uh, put up a four car garage, and my goal was to keep it full of cars at all times. Okay. So what I look for is either very rare cars or original owner cars with low mileage. Okay. And um, I sell them when I get bored with them. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. How many do you have in total? How many? Uh, currently, I only have two. Okay. Uh, okay. But I've probably owned a hundred of them over the last 25 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's take a look and see what we have here. Okay. We'll go out to the garage. So uh, currently... Sorry about that. So currently I have a uh, 1979 Trans Am, which uh, is referred to as a 10th anniversary Trans Am. It was a limited production car. And uh, they only made a, a total of 1,817 of them. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Oh, yes. It's nice. Okay. This is the, the Trans Am. It's special graphics for the 10th anniversary. Okay. And this car only has 13,600 miles on it. Oh, wow. Okay. 40 plus years old. It's, uh, it's cleaner than most new cars are. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'll show you. So this oh, is wow. the this is a 1980 Z28. Oh wow! Okay. So this is uh, I bought this one from the original owner, and it has eighty thousand miles on it. So the first new car I bought in '79 uh, was a '79 Camaro, a blue one with T-tops, like this one has. Okay. Okay. But I couldn't find a nice example of. Uh, a 79 uh, uh, like I own. So I ended up buying an 80 instead and uh, might be too dark, but. Oh no, we can see it. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But I did want to ask you, um, so how do you find cars though? How do you find cars to buy or what do you So got? I'm, I'm a member of a, a, a five or six different car clubs. Okay. So uh, I find them through the clubs. Also, uh, I'm on the internet searching on sites for cars for sale and then word of mouth. Uh, right. I also wanted to show you this one. I could show you without losing signal. Okay. This is. Uh, Ooh. Let's see if I can. There we go. Yeah. So this was a car that I did a complete concourse restoration on. And a, a concourse restoration is that. The car looks like it did the way it rolled off the factory line. 
So every nut and bolt is done. It has to have the correct letter code on it. Uh, all the labels and inspector stamps that had that it had when it left the factory are on it. And then you take it for concourse judging. Uh, and this car uh, competed in uh, national concourse uh, four different times. And I won concourse gold with it, with my uh, highest score being 996 out of 1,000 points. Oh, wow. So, so, so how do you, just, I didn't know that was even a thing. So can you explain a little bit more about how do you enter that and how do you qualify, how do you, are there rounds or? So there are, uh, th this was a GTO. It was a 1970 GTO judge convertible. They only made 168 of them. It was a very rare car, which is why I invested the time and money into doing a concourse restoration on it. Right. And uh, so I was a member of a local GTO club and then a national GTO club. Okay. So uh, you compete in local events and uh, you score enough points and then you take it to GTO nationals. Okay. There's also a show called the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals okay. that they hold every year in Rosemont. And um, you have to be invited to bring your car to that. Uh, my car was invited three times and competed. Oh, wow. and that's where I, that's where I uh, achieved the 996 out of the 1,000 points. Okay. And so where's where that car now? This one, uh, unfortunately, I sold um, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, it was during COVID, and I hadn't driven the car, and... I was, I'm tired of doing the car shows, so I wanted to drive it, but you drive a car like that, you're going to lose value on it. So I gave it to Volo Auto Museum and they sold it to uh, somebody out in Virginia and shipped it out there. Now, is there a car you have your eye on now that you want to, or something, something in your yeah. peripheral that you want to see? <laughs> yeah, there is. So a friend of mine owned a 1970 GTO Judge hardtop wow. that has 28,000 original miles on it. Okay. And uh, he unfortunately passed away a couple years ago and his nephew has the car. So I've been for two years now negotiating with the nephew to try and buy the car. Okay. Uh, okay. Hopefully I can get that one. So then will you get rid of one of your cars here or you keep all three? Yeah, no, the, uh, the, 10th anniversary Trans Am that I have out there with the 13,600 miles. Yeah. Leather interior is uh, dried out on it and cracked. So I had to order a new interior for it, which I did in November, and that won't even ship until August of this year. But as soon as I get the car put back together, I'll be putting that up uh, for auction. It's a very desirable car. And it's one that the, the tires that are on it are 25 years old. Okay. And they only have 600 miles on it, but they're 25 years old. So I'm not going to drive the car on those tires right. for fear that they're going to come apart from dry rot. But it helps uh, prove the low mileage by having the receipt for those tires and having the tires on it. So I'll just run it through an auction once it's done. So I like to end every show by letting the guests ask me one question. Do you have one question for me? Yeah. Where do you find time to do all the things you do? <laughs> So it's you funny. Because, tell uh, me, I'm busy and I'm a slacker <laughs> compared to you. It's funny because, like, so, like, for podcasts, well, for example, podcast wise, I will re record about um, a few 30 minute shows in a one week period. And I'll hand them over to Joe, who edits them and uploads them and puts the intros. And he makes them look like great, it makes, it makes them sound great. 
Uh, Jordan handled all the, the business side of it, the email side of it. So really, I'm just doing 30 minutes of the work, but I get all the credit. So that's just how it works. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. All right, never tell your secrets. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're, yes. Like, you're like the great Oz behind the curtain, pull all the lever. Yeah, I totally am grateful for Joe Flaherty and uh, uh, Jordan, uh, definitely. Uh, but uh, Nick, it's been great. Uh, thank you definitely very much. Uh, I'm going to keep everybody updated. If you, if you have any pictures of um, the um, game seven that you took, uh, if you can send me like one of those, maybe I can uh, actually uh, show that in our in our group to go along with this uh, episode here. Um, yeah, but it's been great. Uh, I, I have a, a screenshot that a friend sent to, sent to me uh, from ESPN with me and my daughter hugging, holding the W flag after they won. So I'll send it. Oh, perfect. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. Well, Nick, thank you very much. And all of you that are listening uh, and are watching uh, the show, thank you all very much. And we will catch you all on the next episode. Uh, by the way, my next guest, Nick, coming up is uh, going to be Floyd. And I can never tell what kind of mood he's going to be in. So it should be a very interesting time. You know Floyd. So this should be a very interesting oh, yeah. next coming up. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, wait, one, one, one quick thing. Yeah. Um, I meant to ask you, when you got the call that you were a supervisor, what was that like for you? I meant to ask you that question. I forgot about that. When you got the phone call, you, you, you we interview, we apply for supervisor. Uh, and then when we get the phone call that you are now a supervisor with the Chicago Cubs, what was that moment like for you? And then I'm, I'm never going to be done. Oh, it, it was really exciting. Um, it was something that I really wanted since I had been in management uh, almost my whole life. And... Uh, I really wanted to be able to uh, be part of the supervisor team with the Cubs and and help uh, bring all these new kids in and help them develop their skills and uh, hopefully see them become supervisors, too. Yes, uh, I probably I, I was a little bit emotional when I found out <laughs> Morgan, Morgan called me and I put the phone down I'm like, wow, actually, I wanted it and I actually got it because everybody doesn't get it. You know, people apply all the time. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, wow, it was a moment. I had to sit, I hung the phone down. I was like, wow, wow, I'm actually supervisor. So, and, and, and if, if we have a couple more minutes, I want to backtrack because yeah. we talked about my son. I also have a daughter, okay, and a 32 year old daughter who uh, is a graduate of Northwestern University and has just completed her, uh, her master's program. Uh, and she is now a, a licensed um, a psychotherapist and uh, counselor. So uh, she's out doing good things for all of the people that need it. Okay. I'm very curious, proud of both. Are your, are your, I know the grandkids are going to be Cub fans. I'm curious, are your are your kids, where are they at in the baseball world? Oh, they're, they're huge Cub fans. They, okay. they had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so my son, I, I flew my son home from California, and we went to game one together in Cleveland. Right. And okay. then I flew my daughter home from Texas, and we did games three and four at Wrigley. Then she went back to Texas, and then I tried bringing both of them back for Game Seven, but my son couldn't get off of work, but my and my daughter could. So she flew home, and she went with me to Game Seven. Unfortunately, he couldn't. So you didn't work any of the Wrigley games. You didn't work those games at all. No, no. Ah, okay, okay, all right. I did. I actually got to meet uh, John Travolta. I got to meet uh, Amy Schumer. There were celebrities all over Wrigley Field that day, um, and it was cool to get to meet all of them. But uh, I think next year I'm gonna do what you did, probably. Probably just go to at least one uh, yeah. of those games if I if I can afford a ticket because I heard that the prices were 
on secondary market, pretty bad. <laughs> so when I found out when the Cubs made the playoffs, I I called the kids and I said, "Listen, I'm spending your inheritance. If you want to come with me." <laughs> Right, but that's a, that's a once in a life. That's a once in a life. That's a once in a hundred eight year. Yes, experience yes. though. So and um, I didn't care yeah. what it cost. There was no way I was missing it. Yeah, I want to try that on Jordan and see what he says. But uh, all right, but I, we got to run because we're past the time. But Nick, thank you very much, and thank all you right. all for listening. And we'll catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding Mistaken Identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings, head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty from the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Hey, it's Frank from the Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark podcast. Listen, I get so many messages, emails, phone calls about investing because I talk about it so much on this show that I can't respond to them all. But what I've decided to do is do a class on Patreon for all of our supporters in two categories. For those that are 40 and under and those that are 40 and older because investing is different based on your age. I get asked, Frank, what is an NFT that these young folks are talking about? What is cryptocurrency? Or I hear about Frank, it's the time to readjust my 401k. What's the best life insurance to get? What about life insurance that has living benefits? Or the big one, I just got a raise at my job, it's 2%, but inflation is 7%. Did I really get a loss? I have also noticed a trend. A lot of parents and or grandparents are starting to understand that the cost of college is skyrocketing. 
and they know that it is better to invest when your child is younger as opposed to later on. And I've recently been talking about how I have gotten some real estate and some stocks and some other investments into Jordan's name so that he is taken care of if something were to ever happen to me. I'll break all of that down, how I did that, how you leave stuff to your children or loved ones in the will and all that good stuff on these investing sessions. Talking about all that and more on our Patreon page every week. Go and get it, patreon.com slash mistaken identity podcast. Let's get investing and generational wealth together.